Paleo Runner podcast is devoted to finding better ways to live, run, train, and eat. I'm your host, Aaron Olson. You can find more information by going to paleorunner.org. You can also follow me on facebook.com slash runpaleo or on Twitter at runpaleo. Email feedback to Aaron at paleorunner.org. I wanted to take a minute to tell you about a product I've been using called 3Fuel. 3Fuel is a sports drink that gives you sustained energy throughout your workout. It gives you fat, protein, and carbohydrates. To get 10% off, use the coupon code 3FOLSON. Go to paleorunner.org and click 3Fuel at the top of the page. If you're listening on the podcast app for iPhone or iPad, click the link displayed on the app right now. My guest today is Christopher Haig. Chris is an accomplished triathlete who has made a switch to a lower-carb, higher-fat diet. Chris has been on the show before, and if you're interested in following his blog, you can go to triathlonbuddha.blogspot.com. Chris, it's great to have you back on the show. Thanks for having me back on. So, Chris, last time you came on, I believe it was in the fall, and you were in the process, well, you had been a couple months into making a switch from a a higher-carb athlete to following a higher-fat diet and how that was affecting your performance and your moods and just your your body and everything. Um, what have you been up to since then? Well, since pretty much January, my training's kind of shifted and have, has gone to more, a lot of threshold work, longer intervals, longer bike rides. So my training has gone, went from about 12 to 13 hours per week up to 18 to 25 hours per week. Um, so with all that intensity and all those hours, my coach and I worked out a plan so to transition more to a kind of a balanced approach, still sticking with like the paleo, um, so not overdoing it on the carbs, but just kind of reversing the fat and the um, the fat and the carbohydrates. So instead of doing thirty percent carbohydrates, we're doing forty to fifty percent carbohydrates depending on the day, and then thirty um, percent fat. Okay. So still f- fairly fat, um, fat-based, but also higher carbs, stuff like more cauliflower, um, more sweet potatoes, um, some gluten-free oats if I'm going out for a long ride, um, mm-hmm. and more along those lines, and dr- more fruit. And so how's that transition been working for you? Because you were pretty enthusiastic about the higher fat. Um, why, why the switch to the higher carb? Do you feel like you need that as you're making a transition to some shorter stuff now, or what's going on? As I was going to the longer stuff and transitioning to more threshold-based training, I felt like I needed – I couldn't hit that higher gear um, okay. and really push it with watts um, or push it on the track. So switching to a higher carb allowed me to take it when I am above threshold working on that, those higher intervals, being able to, being able to get those, those higher numbers that I want. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it sounds like you you hit a spot where you really kind of had to customize a little bit more than than uh, maybe you initially thought, and you found kind of a sweet spot. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And um, other, I find found that with all the intensity, even like on the easier days, I do I limit carbs a little bit more. So it's more cyclical. It's more carb carb timing. So on longer days, I'll obviously have more carbs, but if it's a recovery day or recovery week, then carbs will be, you know, put on the back burner and emphasized on better quality proteins and higher fat. Okay. So are you still including some of those uh, high quality fats like um, coconut milk, coconut oil? Um, I know you you don't include a lot of meat in in your diet, so you're not getting a lot of fat through uh, meat products. What kind of things are you eating that gives you the high quality fats? and are are those still a part of your diet? 
Yes, definitely. I'm doing about three avocados a day, so I pretty much have a an avocado with breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Okay. Um, flax seeds, um, lots of flaxseed and chia, um, just to get the the omega three balance in there. Um, fatty fish, um, mm. almost you know every about I would say three times a week now, and so then also fish, what, would that, what would that be like? Uh, salmon? Uh, salmon or sardines? Okay. And then also eggs. You know the the whole quality good good eggs with the yolk. Okay, okay, and so and how and you've been feeling great on that. Did you was there a did, was there any kind of transition that you had to make with your body uh, processing the higher carbs, or was it pretty natural for you? Well, because the the training progressed gradually, and I increased carbs gradually, it was a pretty easy switch to make. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it is a little bit. It's trickier though when on those lower intensity rides or those recovery rides when I am not, you know, in, um, using as many carbs to kind of make, make that transition back to, all right, my body's not burning that many carbs right now because I'm at a lower heart rate. I don't need that many carbs. And for the first couple rides after I made that first transition, it was a little hard on those recovery rides to say, you know, I don't need carbs right now. I'm fine. Okay. Okay. So how are you monitoring everything? Are you inputting everything into an app or are you just listening to your body and how, how you feel? Um, what kind of feedback or what kind of tools are you using to monitor, you know, how much you're eating and, and, uh, what percentages you're eating? Well, initially I was using, um, uh, my, diary.com to pretty mm-hmm. much track everything, you know, I'd weigh, weigh everything out, you know, also use the Withing scale just to measure hydration status and body weight. And then for Easter, I decided, you know, might as well, you know, for 40 days for Lent, might as well experiment and see how I can do listening to my body. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, so I haven't stepped on the scale. I haven't used any of my recording, haven't checked blood metrics or key, uh, ketones or anything for 40 days. Um, with a couple things because my coach just wanted to check base or a couple days because my coach wanted to check base. But other than that, I've been just listening to my body. Awesome. And how, how's that going so far? Switch back tomorrow since tomorrow's Easter when we're recording this mm-hmm. may switch back just to see where I'm at and see what I've been, what I've been doing for the past 40 days and seeing how that measures up. But, um, we'll see if, you know, if, I give that up or can go back to, you know, measuring everything or, you know, be a little bit more loose. Mm-hmm. So you said on those longer days when you're not going quite for the high intensity, you don't need as many carbs. So do you feel that your body is giving you that feedback? Like, you know, you get done with a long ride. I think you just said you got done with a long workout tonight. Do you feel uh, hungry for carbs? Or are you feeling hungry for fat? What is your body telling you? My body right now is, um, the, the way I structured the workout is I did the intensity first. So mm. I did the carbs first, and I was using like an Amarita bar an hour just because I was doing some threshold intervals. Then after that was done, the rest of the ride was zone two. So I switched to three fuel and mm. kind of you know settled into a nice zone two ride, and all I needed was three fuel. I wasn't you know craving, craving carbs or craving anything. And then when I hopped off and um, did my run, I, you know, I used a little bit of carbs, but not too many. And then after the run, I'm like, wow, I'm not, not that hungry. Um, usually, usually I would be starving, but I'm actually not that hungry. Um, so it's right now, I think craving more fat than carbs. 
Okay. Okay. So you mentioned two products that you use there, um, Armita bars and three fuel. Tell me a little bit more about those. I sent you uh, a bag of three fuel. So just so everyone knows, but, uh, tell me what your experience has been like with those two products. Well, Amarita bars are great because they don't, they don't sit in my stomach like a brick. They're fast, fast digesting. And also it's from all the sugar in there is from dried fruit. So I get that immediate pickup and mm-hmm. then I, it's long and sustained and it doesn't, you know, I don't crash 20 minutes later, um, which is perfect. Uh, perfect for those longer intervals um, or, you know, max out sprints. Um, and then three fuel has been great for, for those longer recovery rides when, you know, you're going three hours in zone two or four hours in zone two. Um, and that just, you know, that's long sustained energy. Um, you know, it, I have found that it doesn't necessarily work when I'm going, when I'm doing sprints, like sprints in the pool or morning intervals on the bike, but mm-hmm. it works great when I'm going out for long, long rides. Nice. And can you compare, compare that a little bit to, um, you can, because, uh, a lot of people ask me that, how does it compare to you can? I like it more than you can just because of the taste. It doesn't have that chalky taste. Okay. Um, the one back, the only thing that you can has over three fuel is that I find that if it's really, really hot outside, the towards the end of the bottle, the three fuel can kind of get a little bit mm, questionable um, <laughs> as far as taste, okay. um, just because it's so hot outside and it's that way. Um, but it. I, I like three fuel better because it has that protein component. You can mm-hmm. mix, you can with whey powder or Vega, um, which I sometimes do, but, and I used to do that, but I like the three fuel better because it does have, it's more, I, I just like the taste better and it helps me, you know, keep that higher zone two, mm-hmm. um, zone two wattage. And, uh, you you were a little bit concerned about the whey protein that's in it because you don't consume a lot of dairy products. Um, how has that been with your stomach? I have have noticed no problems with with the whey. Um, I did some research and apparently it's grass fed and cold processed, um, which makes it easier to digest. Um, so I've had no problems with it. Mm-hmm. And another thing that you've added in this year is some more weight training. Tell me a little bit about what you've been doing with that. Yeah, since. Um, my kind of my, my goals for the off season were to put on a bunch of muscle and really get my power numbers up. And since let's see here, October, I put on almost 30 pounds of muscle. Um, so the weight training has definitely paid off. Um, I was in the weight room about three times a week, one day for lower body, one day for upper body, and then a mobility day. And that has definitely increased my numbers, uh, uh, my power numbers on the bike. That's great. Um, and my, my run has suffered a little bit just because of the extra weight, but my coach says, you know, once I do get once I start to run more at that higher weight, the numbers will come right back down. And you're actually a, an instructor in the weight training that you're doing. Is that isn't that right? Mm-hmm. You went through some What is the what is the type of program that you're following? Um right now I am following kind of a 5 it depends um depends on the week, but a 5 to 10 rep very heavy weight mostly full body, so deadlifts, squats, um, and then supersetting those with an upper body workout. Uh, mm-hmm. So working heavier weights, five to 10 reps, nothing nothing crazy, um, but really making sure that my form's good, very um, very structured, and that I'm, compl- I'm using my whole entire core and body to lift the weight. Mm. 
Well, Chris, it sounds like you've come a long ways because um, I'm okay with saying this because last time you were on the show, you talked about how you had an eating disorder um, in your earlier years and how you were always scared to put on weight. Uh, what's that been like putting on 30 pounds of muscle? It, it's been a it's been a struggle um, just because I've been since high school, you know, this runner's frame, um, mm. the marathon build, you know, the skinny arms, the skinny legs and kind of you can see every single bone in my rib cage. Mm. Um, and it's it's been a struggle switching to the mental aspect of realizing that my body needs this muscle to do well um, and that I cannot I cannot win a triathlon in a runner's body. I need that triathlete body, and I need that muscle, and I need to, you know, fill out my my tri suit a little bit better. Um, and it, so it, it's been a struggle. Um, it was very, very hard to step on the scale and see those higher numbers, and like, where is this? Like, where are these numbers coming from? And then I did a DEXA scan, and you know, saw that you know I'm still at a very low body fat percentage, and that kind of soothed my anxiety. And then. For the past 40 days, I haven't stepped on the scale and just kind of felt where my body's at and the numbers be- has become meaningless. Mm. Um, it's kind of, it was, but that was a, it was a huge mental shift to overcome. So Chris, I'm wondering, uh, do you have, do you feel when you're out there on the bike and on the run with all this extra muscle, do you feel stronger? I'm wondering, is testosterone just surging through your body or, I mean, what is, what does it feel like to have that extra 30 pounds? Is it something you can feel or was it so gradual that you don't really, you can't compare anymore? Well, on the bike, I've noticed a tremendous improvement. Um, my, I think my F, my, my FTPs just jumped. Um, and I'm looking at numbers now that I've, I've never looked at before. Uh, and on the run, it's, it's a little sluggish. I'm still able to hit those higher numbers, um, those, those speeds, but it's a little bit more of a struggle. My heart rate's a little bit higher, um, which I guess is normal. So just, I, I think eventually over time it will come back down. Um, but on the bike, it's th- that 30 pounds is obvious. And then energy wise, I'm able to do longer workouts without, without bonking. Um, especially uh, my really long workouts, which are six, seven hours, I'm able to do those without, without, you know, crawling to the finish line. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. Well, I might have to start getting in the weight room more. Um, I've had a few guests in the past few weeks that have, uh, extolled the virtues of weightlifting, but, uh, tell me, tell me a little bit more about what you're actually eating on a regular basis. I know people are always interested. Um, give me some ideas of like, I, I know last time you said you did almost the same lunches every day. Are you still doing that sort of thing? And what kind of foods are you including? For simplicity purposes? Yes. It's just easier to pack, pack a similar lunch every single day and just have them ready on Sunday and just pull one out each day. Uh, and then for, so pretty much, you know, I wake up, have a small, you know, snack, maybe a piece of fruit, um, a, or a scoop of three fuel before a swim or a bike ride. And then for breakfast, I usually mix some protein powder, um, some vegan protein powder with an avocado and kind of, and spinach to have a, a green smoothie for breakfast. Um, most midday I may have, if I'm feeling hungry or have a big workout in the afternoon as well in the morning, then I'll do like a two cups of cottage cheese, um, mid right in between breakfast and breakfast and lunch. And then lunch is usually a giant spinach salad with sprouts and either chicken or eggs um, and an avocado. And then, then that usually carries me over through my afternoon workout. And then after my after, um, usually for dinner, I'll do like hummus 
um, hummus with roasted, you know, roasted broccoli and um, onions or roasted cauliflower, or just roasted vegetables, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a sweet potato, depending on what tomorrow's workout will bring. And um, that's pretty much it. Hmm. Sounds pretty tasty. It's, it's, I, I love it. So, and it's easy too, especially with the hummus, you know, just make a giant batch and you know, that's dinner. Nice. Nice. So uh, last time you were on, you mentioned that adding the extra fats to your diet seemed to have a positive effect on your mental mood and how you were feeling on a, on a day-to-day basis. Do you, how's everything going with that? Are you still feeling good as you've upped your carbohydrates a little? I'm, y- yes. Um, even with upping my carbohydrates, um, I'm getting sick less. I only got sick three times between November and now. Um, and those sicknesses were pretty bad. Um, but those compared to my fellow teachers at the same school who are sick maybe once or twice a month, I'm, I'm feeling pretty bulletproof, um, (laughs) as far touch wood, um, as far as, you know, how I'm feeling health wise, um, sleeping great. Um, I've actually have stopped taking melatonin. Um, I have not needed to take like before I was taking melatonin. Um, I would take about six to 10 milligrams at night because I w- wouldn't be able to get to sleep. Um, and now with a little bit more higher carbs and the more moderate fat, I'm, you know, I fall asleep when I need to and wake up when I need to refreshed. Nice. Nice. So Chris, you're pretty involved in the triathlon world. Um, what do other people who you train with, are, what do they think of your diet? Do they think you're crazy or is this a trend where we're seeing uh, people including some of those healthy fats in their diet? Some people think I'm crazy. Um, some people, um, some of my, uh, some people look at me and like, dude, you're, you know, you're like a rabbit, um, <laughs> you know, eat a steak or something, um, or, you know, have a power bar or something. Um, but you know, I'm, some people say, you know, wow, he's, you know, it seems to be working for him. I wonder if it could work for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know my you know every single nutrition is n equals one, so it, what works for me most likely might fall flat on its face for someone else, but some of the same principles might work for for some other people. Mm-hmm. And do you have any goals that you have in mind that you're training for? Or are you just training for fun? What's what's going on with that? Well, I was going to race Eagle Man and I am Boulder this year, um, but because of work and then also I'm just coming off an injury with my hip flexor, um, mm-hmm. I've decided to scrap those two and kind of push my season back a little bit um, and go with um, most likely another 70.3 early fall, possibly Ironman, uh, Ironman Maryland that they just announced, and then hit um, the, the HITS series, Palm Springs. Um, so possibly two Ironmans and a 70.3, but we'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, this is this is a developmental year, um, just because I've aged up an age group. And next year, um, I'm planning for for bigger things. I'm hoping to next year really get in break the podium for my age group, if not overall amateur. Okay, how old are you, Chris? 25. Okay, so you mentioned Ironman. Have you done an Ironman before? Nope, this is going to be my first year, or next year is going to be my first year. Okay. And I'm excited. Um, I've, been, I've been training hard, and I think I'm ready to make that jump to the, ne- to the next distance. Nice, nice. What, what, what will you do different as you're training for the Ironman? Um, most likely include longer, longer rides with a few more intervals, or longer runs with a few more intervals. Um, and then also with my long rides – 
focus on focus on holding a higher wattage over the course of the ride um, mm-hmm. and boosting that threshold level um, even more than where it's at now. Um, and then in the swim, it's really getting in, focusing on form in the swim and being able to ha- have a high pace but still be able to come out of the water fresh. And do you think you'll keep up the weight training just as much with that as well? I think, you know, toning it down a little bit, switching to more um, stability stuff, um, taking out the weight and most likely just doing the movements just to work on the mobility of the hips, more core work, I think, transitioning to more core work, um, and also using more resistance bands rather than weights themselves just to activate the muscles but not stress them out. Because right now, my workouts are more important than lifting heavy. Okay. Well, Chris, give me, let's go back to weight training a little because you're, you are an instructor in that. And give me, give our audience a little bit of, more of an idea of how they would get started on something like this. Because you're talking about lifting some pretty heavy weights with some complex movements. Um, what's the best way for people who are runners or triathletes to get started with lifting weights? I think to talk to, talk to a trainer. Um, just to make sure that your form is good because form is critical, uh, especially with movements like deadlifts, Romanian deadlifts, single leg deadlifts, squats, using your full body to do a good squat, not just bend your knees and lower your, your butt slightly, but to go all the way down and almost touch a box is completely different. Mm. Making sure that you get the best move, like the most bang for your buck with your movement is essential. So even just meeting once initially with a trainer to make sure that your form is good is essential. Um, so that's where, that's where I started is I met with the trainer and said, all right, this is what my coach wants me to do. She wants me to do deadlifts, squats, kettlebell, single arm raises, um, uh, some of the other moves were, you know, pushups, um, and, down down the list we went and I'm like, can you watch me do these moves? And he looked at me and said, yeah, sure. And he completely changed the way I approached each movement. Um, because, you know, with take the squat, for example, I was just bending, not with my quads parallel to the ground, being able to sit on a box, but, you know, just bending my butt slightly, um, which I wasn't, you know, I was able to lift more weight but I wasn't doing the form well and I wasn't engaging as much muscle as I could have, you know, moving my feet, just the little things too, moving my feet inwards activated the core. And for a single leg deadlift, you know, where my head was, was stressing my upper back, which, you know, I don't want, I want to, you know, focus on my knees all the way up to my um, mid back. So the little changes is what the trainer helped me with. Okay. And then also starting, so starting out with a lower weight, 10 to uh, 10 to 15 reps and then from there increase once I got the moves down switching to 5 to 10 reps and 5 to 10 I found is the perfect it builds endurance but it also builds strength so you build strength but you don't necessarily put on as much um, much weight um, as you would if you went on a, like a bulking protocol uh, protocol mm, okay and how how often are you doing that program and how long does it take you um, three times a week. Um, and usually it takes between 45 minutes and an hour. Okay. Okay. Um, but that's, uh, I, all, that includes a 10 minute warm up on the elliptical. Hmm. So all in all, you can be in and out of the rate room 30 minutes. And do you feel recovered on your days when you need to hit it hard for the run or the bike or the swim? When I first started, no. 
Um, I would feel really, really sluggish and have lead legs um, starting out with uh, when I first started weightlifting. And when my workout switched to more threshold work and more intervals and more quality, my coach said, all right, we're going to have to change the weightlifting program so you can focus more on the, the workouts instead of the weightlifting. Um, and we made the switch then to doing the 5 to 10 which allowed the five to ten reps instead of the ten to fifteen reps because that gave my gave my legs a little bit more time to recover, mm-hmm. and okay. then also timing it with timing it with legs before a swim day, and then upper body before a bike ride day. Um, so t- structuring it through the week to make sure that I work my legs hard on a hard leg day and then be able to recover in the pool the next day. Mm-hmm. Chris, um, I was going to let people know that. Uh, you are one of these people who are pretty elite athletes compared to the rest of us, or an elite athlete compared to the rest of us. You, you've ran 5Ks in 15 minutes, uh, half marathon, I think 114. Um, so, you know, I, I'm wondering what are some other nuggets of uh, wisdom that you could uh, l- lend to some of us who aren't quite at that level? What, what else have you been working on lately that in your training that um, – you think my listeners might be interested in? Um, I think I've been working a lot psychologically, um, a lot of a lot of psychological training, mental training um, that I think everyone can apply. And realizing that it takes time. And I wrote a I wrote a blog post a couple of weeks ago about how I fall and I and a lot of other athletes fall into this trap of comparing yourself to others. Um, and that is a huge trap that I always fall into because, you know, I compare myself one workout that I did this week to a workout I did last week. Why isn't my wattage high, like similar to last week? Or why isn't my, you know, why am I not going as fast as the, the guy going next to me? Or, you know, someone did, you know, this workout today, you know, that, you know, crushed in comparison, crushed my workout. Um, why, why am I not training like them? And then I realized, you know, that's, that's ridiculous, irrational thinking. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you cannot compare yourself to other people because what they're doing is better for their body and their unique where they are in their training. And what you're doing is best for what you're doing. You know, your coach is giving you workouts to your coach is giving you workouts suited for you, not suited for the guy next to you. And you kind of have to you have to go along with that. And comparing yourself to you, you know, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, you know, you're you're changing all the time. So comparing yourself and your wattage, it's you know, who knows? You might have had you know a bad day. You didn't sleep uh, sleep enough. Your coffee was weaker. Um, not enough caffeine. You know, not enough sleep. You're stressed under work. So comparing yourself wattage wise or times on the track is pointless. All you can really control is your effort. And if you give 100% in each workout, even if that 100% means following the workout as planned and going zone two and not pushing it to zone three or four or racing Joe Schmo next to you, then that means you give 100% and you follow the workout. So I guess, you know, nuggets of wisdom that I've been working on is, you know, not comparing myself to others, giving myself a break, not beating myself up and realizing it's a, it's a process. Um, training's a process and you will eventually get to where you're going one way or the other, if you put in the effort and if you follow the, the program. Another thing I would say is, you know, trust the process. 
Um, don't think that you know you can speed up the process or that you can take a shortcut um, here or there to get to where you're going. Trust the process and you know let it come. Let it come when it comes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris, something else I wanted to ask you is you're a teacher, and how do you uh, organize your time to fit in all the training that you do? Um, with your regular job and everything else that you have going on in your life? Um, it's a lot of time management. Um, and it, it, it helps being single and it helps not having kids. Um, I will say that. I think if I had kids or a girlfriend or a wife, it would be very a very different story. Um, but because I don't have those other, other commitments right now in my life, I'm able to schedule my – play around with my schedule so that I can prioritize work and training. And my schedule is very chaotic. Um, my, my coworkers look at me and think I'm crazy because um, <laughs> I wake up at an ungodly hour, swim, and then go straight from the pool to work. And then right after work at four o'clock, head straight to the gym again. Um, so it's very, very chaotic. Um, but what I've noticed though is I can't focus on the next step. I have to focus on what I'm doing right now. So when I'm at school teaching kids, I'm 100% with the kids. I'm not checking training peaks. I'm not, you know, logging my data. I'm not texting my coach. I'm 100% with the kids teaching them. Four o'clock rings. I'm, you know, 100% with the next workout, making sure that I, I do that workout and I'm not stressing about the workout tomorrow morning. You know, I'm with, I'm, Focusing on that one interval, not stressing out about the interval I have to do tomorrow. Instead, focusing on that workout and just kind of living, living one one workout and one class at a time. Mm-hmm. How about sleep? With all the training you're doing, I imagine that sleep's pretty important. Do you have any yes. rituals that you do every night to help you uh, get the sleep you need? No caffeine after 12 o'clock. Um, I I might load up on the coffee before 12 uh, before lunchtime, but after lunch no caffeine unless I absolutely need it for the afternoon workout. Um, but taking out the coffee in the afternoon is pretty critical uh, mm-hmm. because I find, you know, I'll be revved up and jazzed up. Um, if in the afternoon, if I do a high intensity, like a track workout or intervals on the bike in the afternoon, then I'm taking a cold shower afterwards kind of calms down my body. Mm-hmm. Um, it might not sound that pleasant, but just one minute <laughs> in a cold shower kind of, you know, says, it, it shocks my body and like, oh, and I can relax. Uh, so taking a cold shower right after an afternoon workout you know, helps me relax. And then once 6.30 rolls around, shut off the computer, shut off the iPad, shut off the phone, put notifications off, you know, read for 20 minutes, and then fall asleep. Nice, nice. So I've, I've what my friends like to call retirement home hours. Um, <laughs> seven, 7.30, right after, you know, early bird special dinner, um, hit, the, hit the sack and wake up in an ungodly morning hour. Okay. Wow. Well, that's great advice, Chris. Uh, Chris, it's been great talking with you again, and uh, I'd love to have you back on the show in a few months just to catch up with you and see what you're up to next. But uh, thanks so much for coming back on the show. Thank you very much for having me, Aaron. And if they have, if any listeners have any questions, feel free to check out my blog or send me a direct email or check me out on Facebook. Yeah, why don't you give out your blog one more time? It's a triathlonbuddha.blogspot.com. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Chris. Take care. Thank you, Aaron.